0: Today's episode is sponsored by Globally Paid. Globally Paid is a service that integrates payment acceptance into any software to help businesses scale faster and without friction. Globally Paid handles credit card processing, fraud protection, payouts, dispute alerts, and chargeback management. And Globally Paid is all about great relationships, global payments, Custom tech, everything begins and flows with compliance. For more information, visit globallypaid.com. Hello, I'm Tony, and welcome to the Tony Schapp Show. Well, welcome back, everybody. Today, I have a very special guest, longtime friend. We never met before, but we talked. He sent me his autographed book and notes, and I finally got on, one the, on, the, on the show here. So I wanted to give you a personal warm welcome for, on behalf of me and on behalf of the audience. Uh, Robert, welcome to the Tony Schaap Show.
1: Thank you, Tony. I've, I've looked forward to it ever since we started communicating about it. I, I look forward to talking with you.
0: Thank you very much. I think our, our listeners are going to get some true value and things that they could actually write home to so to speak or you know actually you do make a big difference for them um, because you've made a big difference in my life and this is many years ago and still the things that you taught me through your book I use every single day so I uh, just to give you a personal story I'll never forget there's one of those trophies at back here that I that yeah. I achieved at work and I started getting a lot of pressure from coworkers and stuff like that and I was and I decided to take a vacation to go to Palm Springs and I think, and I bought your book and I reached out to you. I said, I really need to read this book because I need to get my head straight and how to deal with, because you know, when you, you're a high achiever and I'm nobody special. I just got lucky. Um, and I started getting certain things that you know, people didn't want me to, to be that way and stuff like that. So your book really helped me uh, take a strong stance and a mm. position of my value and, um, and the results I was delivering. So I wanted to personally thank you from the bottom of my heart of the biggest difference you made for me and early on early I mean many years ago but still it was one of my pillars of a foundation of success because of you Robert
1: well my pleasure thank you so much that's uh, that that makes everything you know every once in a while I get a comment on a blog or something of a similar nature and I just write back this is what makes it all worthwhile absolutely honestly well, yeah, that's what makes it all worthwhile I remember on my Amazon page for the first book some uh, comments were I wish I'd had this 20 years ago. It would have saved my whole career. I'm going, Oh God, you know, but I'm glad <laughs> he got it. You know, anyway, it, those of are course. so rewarding and I really appreciate that. I'm glad. And, and so I brought out higher gun two to take it a step further, because when I wrote that first book, I was really identifying, you know, I was really discovering why is this happening to me and why is it happening to me over and over? If it's happening to me over and over it's got to be something with me. It's not everybody else. You know, I'm, I'm, I must be the one that's out of step. It's not the whole band, marching band, you know? So I started really doing some deep introspection. I started looking for books about how to deal with your uh, adversity there. And I couldn't find them. They didn't exist. I went everywhere. And I talked to authorities and people nobody knew. So I wrote it. I said, well, I'm going to write it and so I did and so I identified what I kind of call the gunfighter syndrome you know about salespeople you're a top salesperson you're highly desired you're highly compensated everybody wants you especially a new business and you're like a new town in the old west there's no law there's no order they'll pay anything for a fast gun to come in and put the crime down but by god as soon as that law and order is established the first person they want to get rid of is that fast gun they paid a lot of money to come in and put it down and that's what it is with a hired gun sales rep you you are highly desired but what i learned on the flip side of that coin that was so hard to learn and understand is when you do achieve top number one and you're making more money than the bp of finance or something you're about at, you're limited to about four or five years the company will be sold, the company will be merged, all kinds of changes happen, or they just decide you're making too much money. Um, so I wrote the first book. But then the second book, I identified how can you see this coming? It wasn't just this realization that, hey, guys, you need to understand this. This may happen to you because it has to me. The second book is here's here's 11 things, 11 telltale signs that it's about to happen to you and things like that. So it's a lot more detailed and, and uh, I think helpful. Um, and the third book is about becoming the boss, is titled Becoming the Boss. Um, it's about sales morphing into entrepreneurism. Because it's something like 60% of CEOs or business owners have sales backgrounds, and it may be more 100%. than that. Yeah, but um, that is about how to meet the boss. It's really how to become the boss. If you're in sales, as from people, I know there's interviews in there with people that have done that successfully. Um, But it's how to meet the boss. You know, how, how do you meet the boss? How do you set up a meeting with the boss? And I don't mean the VP of sales or marketing. I don't mean the CEO. I mean the boss CEO is often not the boss. The CEO reports to someone who maybe founded the company. That's the boss. And maybe it's the boss's wife who's the boss. You got to find out who that is. When you get to know that person, you're golden. Because the best thing, the worst thing that'll happen to it is they'll take you down the hall and say, hey, come down here. I want to introduce you to the person. Jack, I want you to meet this guy. He's got something I think we need. Doctor, you're golden. So it's how to meet the boss, how to sell to the boss, how to work with the boss, how to learn from the boss, and then how to become the boss And the last chapter is how to be the boss. So it's kind of.
0: (laughs) I love it. So that'll be coming out in the spring. Can't wait to read that as well. I know I just got your second book. um, So I'm going to put that in the queue to read. I'm super excited. We're
1: relaunching that too. I did all this work and we launched it and we had all this marketing going when COVID hit. And it just, oh God, I was doing all this revenue through airport bookstores. That's my secret, (laughs) airport bookstores. My first book, Hired Gun. I sold it almost exclusively through, and it was the best-selling business book in all those airport bookstores for a long time. It stayed on the shelves in Dallas for two years at DFW Airport. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, this one, it came out and it did. It got great reviews. I had all these wonderful reviews and endorsements and everything and sales just didn't really happen. So we've rebranded it and we've retitled it. So it's the same book. And it's going to say, you know, form, the book formerly known as I Two. But it's going to be called "Sales: The Most Dangerous Game," and the sub- subtitle is "How to Be Number One Sales Rep and Not
0: Get Fired." So, oh, nice! So that's, that's the new, improved hired gun, too. <laughs> that's that's really powerful. Let's talk about some r- recent wins that you've had. Tell, share with our audience um, a recent win that you've had, and um, you know what you learned from it, so that way our audience can also be on the same page with you and experience what you experienced, so to speak.
1: Sure. Uh, <laughs> Can I give two? Of course. Okay, I'm going to give an old one and a new one. Okay. The old one's just one of my favorites. And this was 7-11. I'm a young sales rep, it's the early 80s. I'm I'm selling like I'm selling mom and pop shops advertising whatever I can sell. I'm selling. I'm seeing everybody. If I have a meeting with 7-11, it's the same weight to me as a meeting with a mom and pop shop on the corner. It's one meeting. So I'm in this meeting with the the boss at 7-11. Now, he's not the boss. It wasn't Jared Thompson, but it was the guy who reported to him. And I'd worked for a year to get that meeting. And uh, so we're sitting there and I've pitched him. And he makes the buying question. He says, now this was direct mail around their stores and so forth and penetration and all that. He says, about how many homes would we want to mail per store, do you think? And I just here's my takeaway from this. Shut up. I just shut up. I didn't say a damn word because it was, he wasn't asking me. He was thinking out loud and he sat there, looked out the window, put his feet up on the window ledge, thought about it a little bit, turned back to me. I averted my eyes. I wouldn't look at him. I was writing notes. Finally he comes around and says, what do you think about a thousand homes a store? I said, that's perfect. That is perfect. You've got 1,300 stores. The market area is 1,300,000 homes. If we do 1,000 homes per store, you'll have full market coverage. I can put your piece on the outside of all the mail going out that day, and the mailmen put all the mail inside our package because it's already sorted in their walk sequence. It's so easy for them. So you'll be on the outside of everybody's mail in their mailbox that day if you do 1,000 homes a store for your entire Dallas-Fort Worth market. Boom. It was the first time they'd ever used print media, ever. All radio at that time. All radio. And it was like a two hundred fifty thousand dollars deal for his first try with this. And the takeaway with it is when they ask that closing question, just shut when you ask closing question, just shut up. Let them think. If you interrupt, you interrupt their their thinking, and the automatic answer is no. <laughs> if you interrupt their thinking. Our human tendency is to say no. So that's that one. The other one is a fun one. I was assigned a list. This was much more recent. I was assigned a list for uh, selling online media advertising, and it was directed to law enforcement. This was police1.com. So I had this list of people at this big trade show I was supposed to see and I was walking around seeing them all and I I waited, the the last one on my list, I waited to be last because it was a boat manufacturer and our company had never had one boat manufacturer in the whole program ever. It's very unlikely it was gonna be a deal. So I saw them last. I walk up on this guy about four o'clock in the afternoon of this trade show. He's under a stairway in the shadows with his little desk and he's just working on his computer, but that's their display. And these people sell half million dollar boats. These are law enforcement and military boats. They're custom made for that police department based on what they want, you know. And they're serious, badass boats. So I walk up and I say, "Hey, are you uh, are you Tony?" He says, "Yeah, yeah." I said, "I'm Bob Workman. I'm with so-and-so. He says, "Oh, okay." I said, "Do you have just a minute?" He goes, "Yeah, I'm kind of tired." And You could tell the guy just was not right. He was just not right. He was like, I'm kind of tired. What do you got? He said, God, I haven't eaten all day. I said, really? He said, can I go get you something? You want a Coke or something? Oh, he sits back and goes, Oh God, Coke would be a diet Coke. I'll be right back. That led to (laughs) the biggest sale in the history of the company for that division. They bought our advertising on an exclusive contract for three years. They signed a three-year exclusive contract with us. And it started because you had to be sensitive to this guy and where he was at. Because if I just came on, and made a pitch, it would just been, oh, I'm too tired for this. You know, call so-and-so at the home office. I had called the boss. I had called the VP of sales. I had called the sales manager. I had called and talked to everybody. And they said, well, see, Tony, he'll be at the... He wasn't anybody on the list, but he was the guy who knew that we can't make sales because I've got to be here doing this. And if I didn't have to do this, I could be selling. And he used us to eliminate all that garbage that kept him from selling. He went right back. That deal closed within the 30 day, within that month. This was like August 5th by August for boom, done deal.
0: And it was because, you want a Coke or something? <laughs> That's really great. <laughs> and then so. it turned out to be like a seven-figure deal or something you know oh it was huge
1: yeah, yeah it was huge i mean i made lots of money the, the ceo of the company called me the the uh, coo of the company called me he sent me emails this is david ortiz this is huge this- <laughs>
0: that's
1: so great I oh and that. the biggest reward the biggest reward, i remember it was october 31st the company wasn't making its number for the third quarter and this deal put them way over the number. And I turned it you know, August, October 31st, the afternoon of the last day of the month. The COO called me because he says, I just want to tell you how great you are. You know why you're so great? Because because of your deal. We hit our number. And because we hit our number, I get to go home and take my two daughters trick-or-treating tonight. Wow. Uh, wow. Hell, that's worth the whole deal. So anyway.
0: That's, that's really a great. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, let's go into the opposite side of that. Let's talk about failures, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Just give us one uh, at a high level, one recent failure and what you learned from it. That way we could also, you know, share, oh. e- experience that with you, so to speak.
1: An old one and a new one, real quick? Sure. Okay, the old one. Again, back to 7-Eleven. Remember, we put their piece on the outside, blew their doors off. I'm golden. They love me. They invite me to their Christmas party. They hand me a check for $300,000 across the bar. This is 1982. That's about $600,000 today, just as a deposit on their next ad campaign. So we're ready to go. Everybody's locked in. Oh, God, they're excited. We're excited. We're going to put their piece on the outside. We have 19, honest to God, they had 19 Q&A checks to make sure that if this piece of paper was supposed to be inserted in that zip code, it got there. Somehow, I get a phone call from Mike, direct contact at 7-Eleven. He says, hey, Bob, I got my package in the mail today and our piece was in it, but it wasn't on the outside. I said, really? He said, yeah, I would think that was just like one, a single zip code error or something. I said, I don't know, I'll check on it. We whiffed, it went on the inside. To, to the entire market, it blew their doors off, but it was not. We promised them. We'd put it on the outside for free, no charge, prime location. Didn't do it. It fell through the cracks on every one of those checks and balances all the way through the system. Didn't get put on the outside. So it wasn't like we charged you money and didn't deliver, but we said we would do it and didn't deliver. And nothing pains me more when I'm in sales than not delivering to a client that trusts me. So they wanted to see me and they were everybody. I knew I was walking into this big boardroom at South Corporation with a bunch of people that were just gonna, there was nothing we could do. The course was out of the barn. It did extremely well uh, performance wise and they admitted that. So all they're gonna be able to do is chew on me for about an hour and a half. You know, and I figured I don't want to go in there and just get beat up for an hour and a half. I mean, that doesn't get us anywhere. You know, I told him, "We'll next one, we'll get it out there, and I'll personally make sure those QAs are." So I just walked in with a baseball bat. And there's like 10 the story. 6, oh my God. seven, ten south execs sitting around this court big table, and my direct contacts there, and he's just going like this. Bob, what's with the baseball bat? I, lo- <laughs> I play I remember baseball. That
0: i remember the story this is such a great story oh
1: okay so i said well guys look we told you we would do it we didn't do it we failed we didn't charge you you're not out any money it did work for you it worked great we're all happy but we're not as happy as we could be and we all admit that it's our fault so you're not out any money but we didn't keep our agreement so you know we will next time and i'll personally make sure it happens um So all that we can do right now is you can beat up on me. I brought this baseball bat. I'll put my hands on the table and you can just beat the hell out of them. That's about all we're going to accomplish in this meeting. Meeting over. Wow. They all said, looked around, kind of laughed and said, I guess he's right. (laughs) So are we going to do it again? Yeah, we're going to do it again. Okay. Meeting over. (laughs) Just got to defuse that sucker. (laughs) So that one saved my life. Um, a Great big story. failure recently. Well, a big failure recently was Hard Gun 2 and its sales. You know, it just, God, I was so ready to launch that and did launch it. And I got it in airport bookstores. But uh, this thing, uh, airport traffic died about the moment I got it there, you know. So I'm relaunching it. I, I listened to Brian Tracy. He said, listen, do you know there was a book that came out? It was titled How to Negotiate. Failed miserably. Failed miserably. They did a little focus group and they came back and they retitled it. And it was one of the best-selling business books of all time. It was titled, Winning Through Intimidation. Interesting. So if you bring out a business book, you've got to have an active verb as your first word in the title. Winning Through Intimidation. So becoming the boss. (laughs) Love it. So anyway, he said, you know, don't be afraid to rebrand your book. If it's a good book, and all my feedback is, yeah, this is a damn good book. It should be selling a lot better. So here we go. So that was a little failure that... I kind of worked around I'm past it now. Hell, I'm, I end up becoming the boss now, but I still want to get that one out there in good shape. So
0: definitely. And for those of you listening, if you're not already subscribed to his newsletter, I highly recommend it. Uh, Gonzo selling, so which is really great. I was reading the recent story about the A team picture. So oh, yeah, that was wanna, the day, you, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. I love that. So if you want to tell people just a quick thirty second on the on the on the I'm story 18? behind that,
1: yeah, yeah. It's so great. I'd love to tell that story. Um, I had gone into sales management twice at this one company did really well in sales they wanted to um, demote me into sales management so they did and then I got a chance to go back into sales so I took it and I was so happy I was literally doing donuts in the parking lot that day I was so happy because I wasn't responsible for anything anymore (laughs) so uh, later on I got back into sales management again they got me into it and this time was great, but I got back into sales again. And when I did, they just decided, okay, Bob doesn't want to be sales manager anymore. He wants to go back in sales. We'll just put a new manager in. We got to identify these sales teams. So here's a list of who reports to who. We got two sales managers and two sales teams. Team A, team B. I saw that. And I said, guys, we're the A team. So They all said, Hey, that's, yeah, let's do that. Cause we got very competitive, A versus B, very competitive. And A sold like 66% of the revenue and B sold like 30. Honest to God, that's not an exaggeration. It was, we were the A team. They took all the best ones and put them on this team. They put all the other ones over here. So, okay, fine. So I just thought, you know, guys, we ought to make something of this. We really should, let's do something. I'll call a helicopter company and get them to donate a helicopter for us to use if we take a picture. God, everybody on the team went out that the girl with the big Mohawk wrote, she was in the hair place for three hours getting that thing done. And all these, they got all costumed up and they couldn't wait. It was 105 degrees on that tarmac that day. And we got out and took that picture. And then we got prints made and we passed them around. We all signed them. So we each had an original and we signed one, sent it up to the company president in Stanford, Connecticut. And uh, we learned later when he came to the branch, he said, look, I'm going to show you guys something. He opened his briefcase, pulled out the picture of the AT and said, I take this to every branch just to show them why you guys are always number one. We just had an incredible esprit de corps and uh, it really kept us strong it really kept us strong. We had a high desire to do as best as we possibly could, because you knew you were on the A-team, you were expected to do as best as you possibly could, so.
0: That's so great, and thanks for sharing that story with us, because I found it to be really inspiring, and and it it really resonated with me as well, even though I just read this morning, because of the fact, like, it goes back to if you want unordinary results, you have to do unordinary things. That's right. one of the things that my coach, God bless him. He died. Uh, he passed away. Ron Zeller. He taught me. So that's when we were able to have breakthroughs, you know, right. Sometimes right before a breakthrough, you have a breakdown and then you have a huge breakthrough. So sometimes, we're, you know, we always like when we're having a big failure, we're like, Okay. There's going to be a big breakthrough. Just wait for it. So, but like to your, to your story with the A team, I love that because you kind of created this um, unordinary, you know, you know naming of it and the context for it and people just people just kind of bought into it and oh automatically just it. yeah and then, and then the boss like- was going around with it that was so great <laughs> we 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 rented
1: a uh we decided you know this is fun for us but we're just kind of patting ourselves on the back actually our our weakest rep said this she said we're just kind of patting ourselves on the back why don't we try to do something for somebody something good like something for somebody else we've got this unit we're all making lots of money I said, that's a great idea. We rented out a roller rink and we found an orphanage and we rented out the roller rink and bust them in for a whole night and uh, had Santa Claus come. And we went to our clients and asked them if they would donate gifts for the kids. And oh my God, 7-Eleven, just they opened the barn doors and said here. Wow. Oh God, we had so much good stuff. And these little kids, some of them it was the only present they got, you know? It was a real heartwarming thing. Um, That was one of the neat things that we did of value out of all that, but because it brought us together and it made us this tight little unit that met and laughed and had drinks and stuff, we decided to try and do something useful with that. And it really, oh God, that was such a night.
0: Anyway, right. That's that's uh, thanks for sharing that as well. So, this as as we're coming to an end here, um, I wanted to ask you a couple more things. Um, so, what is that one question? You know, when you're out there doing your public speaking, your webinars, your coaching. Um, and the one-on-ones that you do, I think you should sometimes you do one-on-ones, right? Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. When you're doing that. What is, and then when the Q and a start, start, you know, the Q and a stuff ha- starts happening, the conversation, like people, you know, you give them the opportunity to ask you Q and a, everyone has like, you know, the, you know, certain questions they ask you. Right. But what is that one question that you wish people would ask you that nobody ever asked you before or has ever asked you before? So what is that one question you wish people would ask you?
1: I wish they would ask me, how can I take what I've just learned from you and incorporate it in my life's daily behavior? Because that's what I'm all about. That's what I'm trying to provide, you know, to give, to present, how to improve your life because of these things that you can do for yourself. The problem is a lot of people just, they learn it, they see it, and then they go home and they forget about it and don't do it. So if somebody would say, well, I, I read you that funny little aside about the uh, sales advice before we started. That was a guy who just was walking by my place, knocked on the door and said, oh, I, Martin says, hi, can I help you? He says, oh, I just wonder if somebody really lived here. I bought a warehouse in downtown Dallas 30 years ago. I still live there and I've got this warehouse, but you can't tell. Is it a business or is it a residence the way it is on the outside? And uh, we t- started talking I Had this great sales background and just kind of became a protege and I became his mentor you know, of odd things that happen. But what I'm really working with him on is instilling these things into his actual, beyond his mind into his behavior. And it's very rewarding to see take place.
0: That's really awesome. So tell our listeners how they could connect with you online, give them your website address. And so that way they could, you know, be more involved yep. in what you do and experience it daily or, you know, all that good stuff.
1: Sure. If they'd like to get the blog, the the weekly blog, I send it out every Wednesday. Uh, Just go to the website. It's simply hiredgun.us. H-I-R-E-D-G-U-N.us. I Um, I had had hiredgun.com, but it got cyber squatted from me. Mm. (laughs) So hiredgun.us. And when you go there, the little pop-up shows and says, uh, get on the VIP list and just provide your email address and you'll receive the blogs every week. And, and the site for the blogs, you just want to go check out, well, what is this guy written to? I want to get anything from him. It's just gonzoselling.com. It's on the website as, as, as a button for blogs, but it's its, its own site, gonzoselling.com. And uh, hopefully those
0: are helpful to people. Excellent. Thank you very much. I, it's been a, an honor to have you on the show. Thank you very much for coming on here and sharing your, your, your success and, stories and experiences you've had i think you're going to make a lot of you know you're going to make a big impact on a lot of people listening right now or if they're watching this on youtube um so from the bottom of my heart robert thank you very much for uh coming on to the show my pleasure thank you for having me i, I look forward to it same here hopefully we'll have you on here soon
1: oh i'd, I'd be happy to come back
0: thank you And there you go. I hope you enjoyed it and great to have you. And thanks for listening. And don't forget to subscribe and stay tuned for the next episode. Till next time, onwards and upwards.